something going on yeah just joking how you going man uh welcome to episode number 64 of the average man podcast down with the sickness <sighs> man kind of couldn't go past it what a fucking brilliant song and i had to talk about this this week you know i joked about it on the podcast last time out that was two weeks ago and things have just escalated more and more since then. So let's just jump into this podcast, episode number 64 of the Average Man podcast, uh, Down With The Sickness. Uh, welcome, shout out to Two Way High Services, PCC Productions, Captured by Carlos, Life and Soul, Ironworks, Pilbara, Adventure Riders, uh, Telling Designs, um, Northwest Muay Thai, uh, Nathan Grock, who else we've had on here? Everyone who's been on here, mate, and all the supporters and... and, and um, the crew around town who are who are involved in this man. So, big big shout out to everyone involved. And uh, yeah, let's jump into this juicy juicy podcast, mate. Well, let's start. Look, man. Um, as I said, I've got to talk about it. It's um, 
is going on. Shit's going pretty wild at the moment. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about coronavirus, COVID-19. Um, yeah, pretty pretty hectic, man. Look, we're up at like 100 and as – of, as of Friday, I think – which was yesterday, today is Saturday, we're up to like 132,758 confirmed cases. You're damn sure there's more today and I haven't got the latest research in. So, you know, 80,000 of those, that more more or less, 80, 81,000 of those nearly are, are in China. They seem to have, have a, to have a hold on the spread of it for now with their extreme... Um, uh, sort of quarantine and isolation and lockdown fucking sort of clause that they've put into effect. But, man, things are heating up all around the world. It's pretty crazy. Um, I didn't think I'd actually talk about it on this scale, like, so seriously and so directly and make such a big deal about it, but it's just been becoming that uh, that much of a big deal on its own, man. I mean, fuck. I guess what I want to go into in the podcast today is is how much of it is fact how much of it is uh, actually something to be concerned about and legitimate and how much of it is media hype and smoke and just um, the the access to social media that we all have, or most of us have, that, that, that has made this such a global phenomenon because everybody's able to talk about it and pass information and the stories and shit so much quicker than they than they were, uh, I think, last time around, which would have been H1N1, it's the swine flu in, back in 2009. You know, that was sort of around about when Facebook was kicking off. We certainly didn't have as much access as we did now with iPhones in our pockets all the time and uh, all the different social media um, um, medias, uh, you know, all the different social media outlets, outlets that we have now. So is, is it just big... <laughs> Big media hype? Is it just social media and the, and the the sharing of data that we've got, or is it legitimately uh, as crazy as it seems at the moment? Well, let's fucking go into it. Let's go over a few different things, uh, different facts, um, and just really try and dissect it a little bit. And obviously, big precursor to this podcast. I'm a fucking idiot. I'm a moron. I didn't go to university, I'm not a healthcare professional in any fucking facet or fucking at all, um, I'm I'm a chippy who likes to read and, um, you know, that's that's it, that's it, so don't take anything I say, seriously take anything, everything I say with a grain of salt at least anyway, um, as I said I've done a little bit of research, my wife is in the healthcare profession and does get um, the... the Four updates um, each day through um, WHO, World Health Organization. Um, so I've got her as a resource to, to go off. And But really, I'm just like anyone else, man. I can just do my research online and talk to people who know what they're talking about and dissect that information for myself. And that's what this podcast is. Anyway, this is my opinion. This is like a, it's like a blog. It's like a verbal blog. So it's just me shooting the shit and talking... Uh, sometimes out my ass. And I'm aware of that. So if anybody listens to this and gets upset with me, uh, save it, man. Take it somewhere else. I came in with down with the sickness and then started coughing for fucking 30 seconds pretending I had fucking coronavirus. So I'm obviously a fucking idiot. Um, so take it with a grain of salt and just um, just sit back and, and, and decide for yourself what you think is going on. Personally, I'll get to my, my – yeah, I'll get to what I think about it in a, bit, a little bit later on. Let's just, just start dissecting some of the facts. One thing – this little outbreak, Corona virus, or well, COVID nineteen, is is what you develop 
from the coronavirus. So I didn't realise what the fuck a, what a coronavirus was. Coronavirus is a virus that's already been known to, 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 to us, to the humanoids, mankind, um, homo sapiens, uh, for a while. This is the new coronavirus, coronavirus 2019, and it can develop, once you catch it, the virus into COVID-19. And all COVID-19 is a breakdown of the coronavirus disease 2019. That's what it is. That's what it comes from. So um, definitely with this coronavirus, COVID-19, it's hitting us more on a cultural level, which seems to be accelerating the um, definitely the, the cultural hype around it. Um, because it's hitting people like celebrities and politicians and athletes and shit like that, so which is something that's been a, a little bit different for us. Swine flu, H, which was H1N1, didn't didn't do the same. Um, there was, you know, a list of celebrities and athletes and things like that who were affected by the swine flu, but it wasn't. They weren't of the same caliber, and it wasn't as widespread. So. I think that's one thing that's got everybody up in uh, in panic mode at the moment. I mean, Tom Hanks and his wife Rita Wilson have contracted the coronavirus, uh, presumably before they came to Australia, but they were in Australia when they were diagnosed. Um, the Canadian Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau's wife, has contracted the coronavirus or COVID-19, so he's in self-isolation at the moment as well. Um, there's a bunch of – a slew of NBA uh, – Athletes, um, soccer, like Premier League athletes um, and and coaches uh, who have contracted the virus. Um, Nadine Nadine Dorries, who is the British Health Minister, tested positive. Our own Peter Dutton, our Home Affairs Minister, has tested tested positive. So you know, it's definitely there's names that we all know and recognise. I mean, fucking Tom Hanks has got it, man. If Tom Hanks Tom Hanks can get it, that's it's like anyone can get it, you know. It's it's a, it's affecting the A-listers and uh, Conor McGregor's um, auntie died of it in Ireland just you know this week. So this is something I think that that definitely has made it more. Uh, it's 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 in our minds a lot more than any of these other outbreaks that we've had in the past because when you when you're on social media like a lot of us are and you've got Instagram and and, and shit like that and Twitter and then people that you follow. Um, who have these huge followings are, are, are directly affected by it, like your Conor McGregor, like your Tom Hanks, like the Prime Minister of Canada's wife. Uh, like when they're affected by it, it we all hear about it, and it makes it much more feel like much more close to home. So there's that which is happening, um, and and I just think it's crazy how far and fast a virus can spread. Like. I mean, obviously, with transport nowadays, we can all go anywhere and we all do fucking jet set around the country and meet each other, but it is so crazy to think about the way that, um, like, contact tracing sort of works. Um, live animal markets in China infect certain people, presumably a, a few people, a gang of people with this virus, and then they spread out, and then when you lost that, that branch-out effect of each person who's... Uh, contracted it has interactions with x amount of people and of those people a certain amount contract it and then they all spread out and as that tree just starts growing and growing and growing we all know about it that's how that's how they explain things like stds to us and shit when we're growing up about how easy it is to contract these things and how um, hard it is to get to get them in in uh in, in underhand again but 
it's just so crazy that it's a virus that started in live animal markets in China has now infected Tom Hanks and the fucking Canadian fucking Prime Minister's wife. Like, far out. It's just everywhere, man. And um, there's been some poor decisions made early on. There's been some good decisions made early on, which is uh, which have helped and hindered on both sides. But things like the the, the, the Japanese um, authorities not quarantining people who were on the uh, cruise ship that was that was uh, moored up outside of Tokyo who weren't showing any symptoms and just letting them free into Tokyo, which is a densely populated city. That turned out to be a bad decision. But then uh, uh, China were really quick to once it, it became. Um, evident that this was an epidemic they, they were really quick to sort of self-isolate and quarantine and places like South Korea were really good at shutting their borders early on you know to, to China and, and some of these other places that were showing um, that, that, that were showing effects of, of, an, of the outbreak so there's, there's been some, some positives and negatives as far as the way people have dealt with it uh, countries have dealt with it should I say but um, yeah man that's, I, I just think that it's definitely um, looks like when you look at the statistics, people infected within a time period and how many people are dying from it. It's probably on par for seriousness with H H one N one, the swine flu. But just definitely, it's much more in our on our radar because of social media. Um, yeah, we're all aware of it, you know, which is just fucking making everybody freak out. All sorts of travel bans going on. Oh, Siri's talking to me. Shut up, Siri. Far out, doing a podcast here. Um, definitely uh, things like in Australia, we're having now um, a ban on, I think it's gatherings, non-essential gatherings over 500 people. I know the states are doing the same with gatherings over 250 people. There's there's sporting events around the world being played to empty stadiums. There's one the UFC are playing, uh, are doing a fight in Brazil tomorrow uh, to an empty stadium and they're planning on doing a few of those. Like there's a bunch of... It's definitely, it's definitely a cultural uh, thing that's going on right now, which is kind of crazy. Really, really interesting. It's going to hit us economically, of course, but um, it's just a really, really interesting time. Italy's shut down. Iran's shut down. South Korea's shut down. Fucking crazy time, man. So, um, yeah, and with the – I see people's arguments about the government shutting down um, public uh, – public gatherings, non, you know, non-essential public gatherings and things like that and saying they're controlling us, see how easy it was for them to get, to get control of you. And I understand the scepticism there, but, you know, this is this, uh, this um, information and these recommendations come straight from, like, the health world health organisations and shit like that. So these guys aren't a part of some fucking big government fucking conspiracy to lock us all down and get control of us, man. Like, it's just what's going on and, you know... And I'd say the government are actually probably more inclined to try and encourage us just to 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 keep going to social events, and they have said that in in Australia they've been saying to go to the NRL, go to the AFL. Um, you know they were up until I think yesterday anyway. So they want the economy to keep moving forward, not for us to all sit at home and not spend our money. That doesn't help the the, the government at all. So I guess that I understand the the scepticism and the cynicism. Um, the sinister sort of view that people are taking on that, but I don't think that's probably um, very accurate. Really, it's a fun. It's a fun conspiracy to to throw around, but I don't know how. I don't really think there's any substance to that one at all. It, it it's just extreme measures are being taken, and again with the pressure on governments, um, 
because of social media and data sharing now, you know, that there will be extreme extreme measures taken. And I guess it's the, the difference between having it keep getting worse over the next 18 months or however long it takes them to get a vaccine for this or getting it under control and having it peak within the next month or two and then and then slowly uh, tapering numbers off until that vaccine comes into account. So it, it, it comes into play. So I guess that's what shutting, shutting things down and getting a hold on it, especially while we get more information on the whole virus, that's what this is all about. But it is, I do find it convenient that they're willing to shut down music festivals and sporting events and all performing arts uh, uh, you know, events but schools and universities and public transportation and and all these things airports it's all sort of business as usual as usual um where they definitely when you look at the percentages the, that's where the vast amount of people are going to be gathering so i'm not sure what the percentage of people you're protecting when you're stopping sporting events music events all those kind of things i'm not sure how many people you're actually keeping um out away from large gatherings when you look at the numbers when we're all on trains and shit together every day and the airports have fucking still got people going through at high numbers and yeah schools and universities and shit are all still uh, business as usual so that's you'd think that'd be where the larger number of people are gathering but so if it's if you're stopping five percent and it's all the it's all the fun shit I don't know if that's really worth it I'm not smart enough to make those decisions but there's definitely a conversation to be had around that um, and especially because, you know, the people in the arts especially, there's not typically a high uh, – they're not typically high-paid people unless you're the, 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 the 0.1% that we all know. It's the people who make their living uh, day-to-day in the performing arts and music industries and, and sp- even sporting industries, you know, they're t- typically they, they need to work constantly um, and they need that audience to, to make their money, to make their living. And the same goes for me, man. Like if we were to get shut down on any larger scale or if I was to go travelling and, and, and we had to self-quarantine, I only get paid for the hours I work. So there's some definite, definite economical um, questions and hardships in play. And for a country like uh, Australia, we're definitely far more equipped than other countries to deal with it. Our medical system um, is is one of the best in the world and we're setting up, I think, something like 100 clinics around the country specifically for um, COVID-19 screening so that they can alleviate some of the pressure from the normal um, health healthcare system. But, you know, we've just come through this fucking big bushfire crisis as well and, you know, it's it's kind of... Yeah, it's it's a hard time for the average working man who gets affected by these things. So, and I know that we always love to say, "Oh, yeah, first world problems, first world problems." But the reality of living in a first world country like Australia is that, yeah, everything's all good until it's not. We are all good, and we have money, and we have systems in place to look after us. But our lifestyle is expensive, and we and we get into a position where we have to make a certain amount of money day in, day out, week in, week out to keep that up. And uh, that can become a stress on its own. And as soon as we have something, some outside influence that affects our uh, uh, capability to make that money, things can get really stressful really, really quick. And you just look at the suicide rates and things like that and the mental health rate problems in these countries, in first world countries, obviously the lifestyle that we live comes at a cost. So you can't just write it off first world countries as people around the world who can't even eat and drink clean water. I understand. I'm very acutely aware of that. Um, something that I've done a lot of, uh, yeah, I've, I've been interested in for a while, um, not in a position at the moment to help 
or do anything about it, but I am acutely aware of it. But it doesn't downplay the the, the problems that normal people living in a country like Australia have in um, times of hardship. So there's that to be considered as well. Now, moving forward with what's fact and what's hype and, and all that kind of shit, um, how deadly is the coronavirus? I mean... There's three categories that they're listing it in at the moment, mild, moderate, and severe, severe, serious, or extreme. And most people who contract the virus fall into the mild category, which would be about 80% of people. And what you're getting is a fever, a cough, aches and pains, so, so you know, similar symptoms to a flu. Um, and those people are sort of recovering without any medical intervention generally and you're getting people of all ages and and everything contracting the virus and and 80% of them are just experiencing those symptoms and coming out of it within a week or two i think they say two two weeks on average two weeks to yeah um to completely go through the incubation period maybe three weeks incubation period and then um showing signs of symptoms and then overcoming it and being healthy and cleared uh, of the virus again so, you know, 80% of people who contract it are going to be fine. Um, then the second category is moderate, which is fever above 38 degrees, which is, is in adults because children get fevers higher than that quite often. Children can go up to about 39, 40, nearly 41 degrees before there's a serious fever for them, young children. Um, so fever above 38 degrees in adults, chills, you get lethargic, can't get out of bed, shortness of breath, and maybe you can develop mild pneumonia. And this is when the oldies are dying and people with compromised immune systems, people with underlying issues like diabetes, hypothyroidism, um, heart problems, you know, um, low blood pressure, things like that. These people are, are more affected by the medi- the moderate um, uh, stages and of the of the um, virus and then they can also um, be at risk of developing serious symptoms which is sort of one in five patients will will, will develop into a serious um, that doesn't make sense that'd be one in five would be 25 percent yeah so maybe one in one in five one in six patients can then go on to develop um, that must be from moderate if you get moderate symptoms, one in five people can then go on to develop serious or extreme um, symptoms, which would be you'd need oxygen p- perhaps because um, the shortness of breath and pneumonia develops further. You can go into septic shock, blood, ple- blood pressure can drop, and you can go in, and you can have a stroke or your or organ failure. And this can take uh, this can happen in either a few hours or a few days. So I guess if you are compromised already, or if you're of an older Vintage, um, things can go sour pretty quickly for you. And that's where the real um, problem comes into play. Um, yeah, or severe pneumonia. You can also develop severe pneumonia, and which is sort of like inflammation of the lungs, and which can, which can also lead to, to organ failure. Uh, so, yeah, you know, it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's no joke. It's also not a death sentence. Um, it's kind of crazy. Uh, what's going on, you know, and and people are taking it very seriously. Countries are taking it very seriously. The US has just uh, announced yesterday a travel ban, travel total travel ban. I think for at least a week um, to and from Europe, uh, excluding the UK. Uh, Italy's shut down. I've got uh, friends who whose family are all over in Italy, and they're completely shut down. It's kind of crazy over there. From obviously China's shut down. South Korea is Iran, and South Korea seem to be uh, have dealt with it the most 
uh, effectively of all these countries who are in that really high risk category, China, Italy, Iran, South Korea, they seem to be dealing with it really well. And there's also, um, it's also been said that perhaps one of the reasons why they got such a high rate of, of confirmed cases in South Korea is that they moved so quickly on it and they've been so effective with their testing. They're doing free drive-through testing clinics clinics over there getting results back really quickly so they're catching the the people with the virus more effectively than most countries around the world and then reporting those cases and then obviously they're, they're moving forward with um with the um containment and treatment of of the illness over there so they, they seem to have a handle on it um but they're in that high risk category for sure and a really interesting one is um say north korea right obviously run by dictatorship um, Kim Jong-un, isn't it? The yeah, young fella. And, and and they're obviously, typically, they control the media over there. They don't let a lot of information in and out. Um, you know, classic dictatorship. So what you hear from inside the country, you, you can't really get confirmation on it because the media is all controlled by the government. Um, and there's a really strict travel... Uh, there's really strict travel... Um, procedures in and out of the country anyway but what they have what they do have is and which and how they survive and what has been probably unfortunate for them in this situation is a really fluent border fluid i should say border with china they got a border with china and that's 90 percent of their trade so at any given time there's chinese and korea north koreans going back and forth across that border freely really openly and obviously this thing blew up in China 80,000 81,000 confirmed cases in China fuck knows how many people went back and forth between that border before uh, before they closed travel to the general public so all signs say that North Korea would have some serious issues going on with infections uh, with with the infections over there but they don't know how to treat it they don't uh, they don't have the capacity to treat and test like other countries like South Korea, for for instance, does. Um, and they're not going to tell us what's going on over there anyway. So while they're putting on a brave face on the outside, they're probably in a fair bit of strife over there and they're not in the right kind of um, situation to deal with it. So fuck knows what's happening in North Korea at the moment. We just don't know. Um, yeah, so crazy, crazy shit going on. And I guess what we all have heard the... Um, all the health, the World Health Organization recommendations and, and healthcare professional recommendations on what we can do to to limit the um, spread of it. You know, a lot of personal hygiene, hand hygiene, not touching our face, all that kind of shit. And I think that's just great in general because that's kind of, kind of the thing that we get slack on the in 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 um, society anyway. Um, you know, and I mentioned it the other day at work that even before this whole thing kicked off. I was looking at the the ice machine, the the communal ice machine that we all use at work, and it fucking grosses me out, man. I see blokes just coming in one after the other, straight out of straight out of the car, straight over the ice machine, leaning, grab the communal fucking ice scoop, leaning over it, scooping 
ice into their water buckets and then fucking, you know, they're not washing their hands and shit like that. And the next bloke goes in and scoops into his water bucket. Then I go over there and I'm scooping in ice that three or four blokes have been basically in contact with into my water bottle and I'm fucking drinking it all day. Who knows what they've been doing with those fucking hands all morning. Could have had a big fucking, they could have been pulling themselves to pieces before they fucking got up and left the house in the morning. Who knows? Could have been wiping their grubby noses or their sweaty fucking arms. And who, who fucking knows, mate? So hand hygiene, just shit like that, like it's something that we should all be more aware of anyway, you know. Um, we teach our kids that and then I think that's something that this is a positive that could come out of the whole situation is that maybe hand hygiene, hand, hand-to-face hygiene can be a little bit more um, drummed into the, us as a general population moving forward out of this. It's a great way to stop and slow down infection and, and you know, the more we do it, the, the more our kids are going to pick it up and learn it, learn it off us as well. So, But on a more personal level, how the fuck does this affect us or me, uh, more to the point, on a daily basis? Well... I joked the other week, last week or two weeks ago, about Bali, whether we're going to go or not, because if Indonesia was to go up to a high-risk category, we wouldn't be able to go because my wife would have to go into mandatory quarantine on the way, on the way back because she's a healthcare worker, um, and it would just be all sorts of hassles. So we're supposed to be flying out to Bali next week, next weekend. The big question is, there's a global pandemic going on, um, do we go? Do we go to a, a developing country with two little kids um, during the middle of a global pandemic and take that risk? And how much of a risk is it? Well, I've got a few pros and cons written down here and I'll walk you through my process of uh, um, how we've made our decision or our decision's fluid at the moment, again, sort of depending on... Um, the information that comes out in the next week, but I'll walk you through it um, just in case anybody else is in the same kind of situation or just for the just for shits and giggles. So cases in Australia as of 13th of March, which is yesterday, Friday, we're up to 140. Um, cases in Indonesia are at 34. Now, they're, they've only recently started... Um, reporting confirmed cases over in Indonesia and there was scepticism from the from the worldwide medical community that perhaps they were hiding their numbers or they weren't testing effectively but the fact is that there's there's been only uh, I think three or four people in all of Indonesia now who have died from the from the virus and um, there has not been any sort of major outbreak over there they closed their borders to China quite early on in the piece when this all came out um, and they've been pretty stringent at their airports with testing people for um, temperatures and, and letting, whether they let people in and out and quarantine and all that kind of shit as well. So they've been pretty hard line on the whole thing and all, all um, signs point to the fact that they have uh, lower uh, cases of, of coronavirus um, uh, in Indonesia than we do in Australia at, at the moment by, well, 34 to, to 140, so by quite a bit. Um, on that, on the side note, Quite interesting, I thought, when I was checking out these numbers, there's about 1,200 and something cases in the US currently and only 12 in Mexico. So that's pretty, um, that's, pretty, that's pretty good for Mexico. And hopefully, you know, it's quite funny because they're always trying to protect, the US are always trying to protect their borders from the Mexicans coming over. And maybe at the moment they might be thinking, hey, well, we, we kind of don't want to come across that fucking border at the moment. So that's pretty good border control at the moment. In fact, all the fucking people in the US and the Mexicans going to stay out. It's a fucked up situation over there anyway. It's a whole other conversation. But, um, yeah, why the fuck would you... 
I don't understand that whole that whole deal. Personally, I think you should help your neighbours out and help better their country and their situation, their social and and economical um, situation, so that the your neighbours are in a better position rather than trying to keep them poor and humble and 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 out of your own country. But at the moment, Mexico doing really well with only twelve cases of of the coronavirus virus reported. But then again, you have to look at the uh, at things like how many cases are they. How well are they doing at screening and picking up the cases? Maybe there's a whole bunch of people who are infected that then just haven't picked up on yet. They don't have the right um, the methods for te- for testing and screening. So, but that's off the off off topic there. Um, another thing going to and from Bali at the moment, the airport by all accounts and by the photos I've seen is quite empty. So an airport would be somewhere I'd be quite sceptical of going through right now. Obviously. Um, all those dirty people and fucking in small confined spaces coming from fuck knows where around the world, fuck knows where they've been before that, who they've been in contact with, um, to, you know, just just classically just disgusting places to go through. You use the toilets there, they're always feral, there's always some dude sniffing and coughing and fucking all sorts of shit in airports and on airplanes. So a, a big thing going for going for us is that, yeah, the airport is empty as fuck over there. So... You know, not a high risk area probably right now, um, and also flying to and from uh, Bali from Headland, we're leaving through Headland Airport, going with Headland people. So I, you know, if you were to go to Bali from Perth or from Melbourne or from Sydney or Brisbane, you're going. Who knows who's going through that airport? The same thing. People coming from all different spots around the country, around the world, through that airport, then over to Bali in Port Headland. You know. Probably 90, 95% of the people coming and going are going to be directly from here, the people that we live and work around with in town anyway, who are under the same circumstances that I've been under for the last couple of weeks. So that's another positive. Um, and also the big, big one for me is, um, excuse me, it's having a sip. One of the, the big one for me, and I've been waiting leaving this off the list until now to discuss it, is that children don't seem to be severely affected by COVID-19. Now, they're also not 100% sure why that is. Um, Quite often, kids obviously have good immune systems and can bounce back from things a lot easier than than the elderly can. But, you know, things like pneumonia and and heavy flus can be really dangerous for young children. There was a case of recently of a 10-week-old baby that that tested positive for coronavirus and and recovered without any medical intervention. Um, And there's lower cases of children contracting the virus, which is strange. Kids are dirty little fuckers always sneezing and coughing and boogers all over their face and they don't wash their hands and they stick shit in their mouth and they're just fucking feral little bastards. I've got two of them running around. I know what they're like. I pick them up from daycare every day and have a fucking look around. It's like fucking not the living dead there sometimes. Zombies running around with their hair all messed up and sweat and snot all over them. It's fucking disgusting. They're little cesspits. Love them. Love them to death. But they're little cesspits. So the fact that they're not catching it as frequently has got authorities and uh, um, the scientists and everything a little bit stumped. And also when they do contract it, they're not contracting as severe symptoms as, as other people are. So they're kind of just getting a bit of a cold, sore throat, a bit of a cough, and then it's kind of passing by within, you know, three, four, five, six, seven days, which is really good news, man. Obviously this, this, like this virus is attacking the weak and attacking the elderly and sort of staying away from the youth, which is kind of fucking crazy, man. 
you know, like it's great. There's been no children have died from this um, this virus so far. Um, fingers crossed that it stays that way. And it is, and it, for me, that's been one massive deciding factor. If it was this virus that's going around and children were severely compromised by it, I just don't think I could do it. I don't think I could take them over, put them in that situation um, just because I'd had it booked and planned and I had it in my head that we're going on holidays. And you know, imagine if something happened, you know, it just, it, it, I don't even want to continue that train of thought. It'd just be fucking absolutely catastrophic and the guilt and everything that would go with it would just be, be fucked. But I think that the fact that it's really not, it doesn't seem to be affecting kids in the same way, they actually seem to be a lot better off than, than the adults and the oldies are, that makes me feel a lot better about going over there. Um, you know, no one wants to catch this fucking virus, it's just, you know, and but if we were to be exposed to it, it seems like... The kids would be all right, and I'll be all right. We'll fucking survive. I told you that last time. My missus, I'd be a little bit worried about her, but we'd get her some good fucking health care. We'd get we get onto it, mate. She'd be all right. She'd be all right. Um, <laughs> but and also, I think if you, you it's general time to to show symptoms, so the incubation period is is roughly around eleven days. They say for the average person, the average time. Anywhere between two and 17 days or some shit, but the average time is around 11 days. So the chances of you developing symptoms, catching it over there straight away and developing symptoms while you're still in Bali is, is sort of slim because that would be the other problem is developing symptoms and being stuck over there in quarantine for a couple of weeks and not being able to come home, um, which wouldn't be awesome. But if you at least could get home and, and um, you know, get yourself fixed up and quarantined and everything over here, that's probably a better situation there. I go, I suppose you're, you're travelling on the plane with other people, so that's probably not ideal. But, yeah, man, um, yeah, and like I said before, if, if, if Indonesia was, was to go into high alert, it means EMS would have to go through mandatory um, quarantine period, which isn't great. And if I was to go through uh, self-isolation or quarantine period, I don't get paid for it. So there's a couple of negatives there, but I think the the, the positives are stacked in our in our favour. And and um, barring any significant changes in the situation in Indonesia over the next week, we will be going to Bali next weekend. So that's why I'm standing on that. <clears throat> Look, so I guess what I'm what I'm saying, my my. Um, uh, overall opinion of it is that this is a huge global uh, pandemic at this stage definitely it's definitely serious it's definitely affecting us on a bunch of different levels and and as I said personally with celebrities and shit like that who are being affected by it and it's in Australia and we're closing down public uh, sporting and, and, and performing arts events and shit like that non essential gatherings so it's definitely real, um, but I'm not one to be swayed by the media hype, and this has definitely also been a huge story for the media. They just love this shit. A global story that they can jump on and they can just drum and drum and drum, and it never gets old, and it actually is increasing, and there's always new fucking information to spread. Like This is a, 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 a media's dream. So they're definitely writing it out and spreading as much as they can and every fucking journalist out there is doing their 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 bit to, to do the investigation and report on it and so there's always new news stories coming out and we gobble that shit up but it just shows you that we can be irrational at times. I mean, look at the fucking toilet paper 
toilet gate, toilet paper gate that just fucking went down for no reason. No one can explain it. No one even knows where it started. But for some reason, all the toilet paper got fucking sold out of every fucking Coles and Woolies in the country for like two weeks. It's just ridiculous. We we get freaked out, and one person decides that, that something's um, a good idea, and the, the you know the rest of the herd just follow through. So there's that. There is the media hype. There is people freaking out, um, uh, and it is being as, as serious as it is. It definitely probably is being blown out of proportion as well. But um, I, as I said, I'm not one to be swayed by media hype. I've went, I've went and, and done my own research with my wife as a resource. Like I said, I'm a fucking idiot. I'm a moron. Yeah, I'm just a chippy. I don't really know what I'm talking about, but you've got to make your own decisions in life. You can't just sit back and let other people tell you um, what to do. When it comes to professionals and, and, and people who actually know what they're doing, yes, listen to those people, and that's what I've been doing. Listen to the health professionals, watch the... Uh, watching videos um, of doctors and um, you know infectious disease specialists and listening to their advice and taking that interpreting that um, to to make my decisions on men and, and I guess that's what all we can do and and what I've got out of that is to be hyper alert about hygiene hand hygiene and hand to ma- hand to face hygiene um, be hyper alert about people people in the area who are in, who have you know showing signs and symptoms of any sort of flu, coughing, sneezing, sniffling, all that kind of shit, stay away from them. I've got some some masks to take with us if we need to wear them on the plane or if we need to wear them, wear them over in Bali. So just be, you know, you can't stop living. You can't just shut your life down and just be scared. And I don't want to teach my kids that either. There's something scary out there. Kids, we need to hibernate in fucking side and not do anything. I don't want to teach my kids that. That's not the way I am. That's not the way I want to teach them to grow up and behave either. So, yeah, we're just going to, going to roll with it for now and and um stay stay uh, vigilant and and get our fucking Bali holiday done and I'm fucking excited I'm still bloody excited man um I love Bali we go we go once a year generally haven't been obviously since about this time last year so really really keen to get over there and relax and you know I'm, I'm uh, it's probably going to be a little bit more a, bit, a little bit quieter than it than it usually is by all accounts it's fairly quiet over there at the moment which is fine that's fine by me man I'm not a big party guy anyway I just want to go out and have a good feed and go for a surf and hang out around the pool and spend time with the kids and we're going to get to do that so well, Bali, we are coming. I'm pretty fucking stoked about it, man. Um, what else is going on? Listen to the hottest 100 of the deck. I'm shifting gears here now. I know that was like 40 minutes of fucking coronavirus talk. But, man, I just, whatever. It's been on everyone's lips for the last couple of weeks. I've been thinking about it and doing research. And this that's what this podcast is. It's me talking about what's on my mind. So uh, I figured I might as well... Um, do a little bit of research and go into it a little bit deeper rather than just having a general off-the-cuff rant. So I hope that was um, beneficial or, yeah, to people and maybe helps you put your own um, thoughts about the whole situation into perspective and might be a bit of something for you to bounce off and soundboard off because I know there's there's – there's different schools of thought. There's people that just want to freak out. There's people who who are like that. They're typically quite paranoid about things, and listen to everything the media says. There's other people who don't really know what the fuck they're talking about. Don't care. They just want to make a joke and laugh about it or whatever. And then there's people in the middle who are who are trying to find some sort of sensible um, line to follow. And that's where I'm at. So that's my opinion on it all. And I hope that some of that information was was helpful. Uh, anyway, moving forward, shifting gears. Today was the hottest 100 of the decade and 
and I need a drink. Hold on. And I was actually quite uh, quite impressed, man. I was a little bit worried because, you know, fucking millennials and fucking Gen Z and shit like that, man. And, um, you know, the hottest 100 of the uh, of the year was, it was all right. But Triple J, I'm a little bit old for the demographic now and I feel that when I listen to it. Um, and I've heard dudes calling up, dudes and, and girls calling up over the last couple of weeks talking about this hottest 100 of the decade and talking about these indie bands and shit who have been around for like 18 months, two years old, how this, this song's so great, it's going to make it into the fucking countdown, it's going to be the best song of the of the decade, and I'm thinking, fucking slow your roll, man, this is the, the best song of the last decade, not just since you finished high school fucking two years ago, of the decade, 2010 to 2020, there's been a lot of good music in that fucking time, and I feel it was a good, it was a good snapshot of it, man, I was really quite impressed. Um, just listening peripherally to probably the top 50 and then started listening a lot more closely from 50 down to 1. And they obviously they played the top 200 to 100 during the week on Triple J as well. Each day they played about 20 songs. So not about 20 songs, they played 20 songs. Um, so <laughs> it was that was really, really – I was really impressed, man. So the I think I did pretty good with my picks um, – I haven't gone through and looked at every single song so far. I said, but as I said, but from what, from what I heard, I think I got about seven of my picks into the top one hundred. Um, so I still got it, man. I still got it. When we're looking at the decade, you know, I, I might not have had the, uh, any of the top songs of the year um, for, in the countdown, but I had the top song seven of my ten in the top songs of the decade. And a few of those songs, and, and to be honest with you, the way I did my countdown, I was kind of overwhelmed by the idea of it. Fucking hell, the, la- the top songs of the last decade. I got the I got a bad memory at the best of times. A lot of music to go through, and I don't really have a whole lot of time in the evenings and shit. You know, I have like an hour each evening before I fall asleep after the kids go to bed. So, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of time to do research on it. So when I finally did my countdown, I kind of went super fast. I just flicked through the, the list picked songs that I, uh, I went for uh, artists that I wanted to to see in the countdown and then I, I just kind of picked the songs without putting too much thought into it so it was kind of I didn't stress myself out about it a whole lot and also another thing I did was if I saw a, with an artist say with um, Hilltop Hoods um, and and with Lana Del Rey and with who else did I do it with? There's a bunch of artists that I that I um, picked that I didn't uh, uh, Black Keys as well. I didn't necessarily pick my favourite song of the decade from that artist, but I picked a song that I felt was their biggest song of the decade, so I had more chance of pushing that one along. And I hope that a lot of people did that as well. So with Lonely Bo- uh, with uh, with Black Keys, I chose Lonely Boy, even though um, there was probably two or three other songs of theirs that I would have picked that I really liked. Better from the last decade, Hilltop Hoods with the same. You know, there's, there's about three or four songs I would have preferred to choose, like um, Walking Through the Dark, you know, Through the Dark or, or The Underground or Speaking in Tongues. There's a bunch of great songs from the last decade that I really loved, but I knew Cosby Sweater was the big one. And I wanted them to get in, so I picked that. Lana Del Rey, I actually fucked up on Lana Del Rey. I picked. Um, uh, Born to Die instead of video games. Video games was one that, that got quite high up in the count now, but I think Born to Die got in there somewhere as well. So that's kind of what I did. I fucked up as well with um, 
Alt J. I picked Fitz Pleasure, and actually, I see. I knew that Breeze Blocks would be the one that would get up higher, but I just couldn't do it. I loved I loved Fitz Pleasure, and I wanted to to pick that song. Um, I figured Breeze Blocks would do it right anyway, and it did. Um, but no, I was really impressed with the the, the top. 100 songs in in general and the top um, and the top 10 man so the millennials didn't fuck it up my generation was in there um, you know we, 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 we had our say Gen X I think I'm a Gen X is that what it was Gen X Gen Y Generation X Generation Y fuck knows Generation X or Y anyway I'm the cut off point between millennials and, uh, and my generation Gen X Gen X yeah um, but they did a good, we we Australia Australia we did a good job, mate. There's some fucking good songs. It was a really good listen today. Just listened to them all play out. It was just a really good snapshot of the last decade. Um, There's a few songs in there that were random. I didn't know what they were and what they were doing in the countdown, but um, that's fine. Um, there's some really good tracks in there too. So I'll go from twenty down to one and read them out to you and just let you know how I how what I feel about those tracks that are in there. Hilltop Hoods Cosby Sweater came in at number twenty. I picked them and I'm stoked for it, mate. Hilltop Hoods got in the um, the the a few tracks in and specifically that one in the top songs of the decade, and they had to be in there, man. Hilltop Hoods have completely uh, revolutionised uh, hip hop in Australia. Um, over the last 20 years really and, and that album two of the, they had two huge albums in this decade so glad to see them in there man uh, that was a fucking awesome awesome track uh, Gang of Youths with Let Me Down Easy I really like Gang of Youths uh, as like a as an outsider I'm not a fan of theirs I don't own any of their albums I don't listen to them I've never seen them live but every time I hear them or I see them do a live cover or whatever it is, I, I am always impressed with their songwriting and their passion and the way they've put together their songs, you know, and, and um, the, the lead singer, he's got a great voice and great, great, there's great lyrical uh, content in there as well. So I'm impressed by them. They're not my flavour as such, but I'm impressed by them and I get what people see in them and they are definitely a big song, of a uh, big band of the last decade. So I'm glad to see Gang of Youths get in there. Flume with, with Holding On. I mean, I've always been meh about Flume, I, I, it's not my thing, people obviously love him, so that's one I've just got to cop and accept that people love Flume, he got I think five or six songs in for, for the decade, he might have been the, the, the number one artist as in as in uh, how many tracks he got in the, the top 100, so definitely he's obviously a, a massive artist over the last decade and people love him, so I'm not mad at that, that is what it is, Ballpark, it's nice to be alive. Love ballpark music, they're awesome. It's good to see a band like that getting up there so high as well. Sticky Fingers, Australia Street. Now, this is one that I actually feel guilty about because I didn't vote for any Sticky Fingers songs, and I love them. And that's a byproduct of rushing your votes, as I said I did. There was a few tracks and a few bands I heard play throughout the day today where I thought, oh, fuck, I didn't vote for them, and I kind of feel bad about it. I didn't put any votes in for Tash Sultana, didn't put any votes in for Sticky Fingers, but I... I'm really glad both of them are up there. Same with um, Nick Murphy, who comes in a little bit further down the ladder. I'm, I'm really glad some of these guys got in there, um, and I didn't vote for them, but I, I 100% concur um, that Sticky Fingers should be in there. Vance Joy, Riptide, that was a massive song. He's had a massive decade as well, so glad to see that one in there. Uh, oh, sorry, I'm missing a couple. Uh, Lords at 16, uh, I, did I vote for Lord? No, I didn't, but Lord was always going to get in there. She was a massive artist of the decade. Kanye West, with Runaway. I voted for Kanye West, uh, which is Kanye West, Jay-Z, and um, 
uh, oh, I'm blanking out on her name. Uh, Nicki Minaj, which that came in fucking uh, on the other side of 50 somewhere. Um, but anyway, Kanye West in there at 14. Vance Joy with Riptide. Then Alt-J Breeze Blocks came in at 12. So, you know, fucking they got them, they got themselves up quite high, even though I didn't vote for that one. I voted for uh, Fitz Pleasure instead. Nick Murphy, Talk is Cheap, which is cool. Nick Murphy's good. Nick Murphy, um, Talk is Cheap. I have a feeling that that's Chet Faker. That's weird. They've listed this wrong. So the song is Talk Is Cheap. The artist's name is actually Nick Murphy, but that's under his um, under his uh, alias as Chet Faker, that song Talk Is Cheap. So that, should, that should say Chet Faker, Talk Is Cheap. Great song. Glad that got up in there. Matt Corby, brother, I voted for that. And that's probably – I didn't – when I did my list, I didn't think about a number one song as such. I just voted for top 10 songs that I thought would, should be in there. That probably, you could have called that my number one song of the decade. I mean, such a fucking powerful song, beautiful song. He came out of nowhere. I mean, he was on Australian Idol, Australian Idol or something like that, but really that song just came out of nowhere and it was so powerful, hung around for so long and had such an influence on the music industry and on people and everybody that listened to it, so much soul and feeling and passion. What a great song. Matt Corby, brother, came in at number 10. Fucking beautiful. Angus and Julius, Angus and Julius Stone, Big Jet Plane. No shit, you could have fucking guessed that one. Flume again, Never Be Like You. Uh, again, I'm, I'm a little taken aback by that. But anyway, there you go. Foster the People, Pumped Up Kicks. Yep, that was a huge song. Gang of Youths in again at, with Magnolia. Great song, great songwriting. I completely understand. Uh, Rufus to Soul, that one in a bloom. That threw me, completely threw me. When I heard it, that came in at number five. When I heard it, I knew who it was. I knew it was Rufus to Soul, but I don't really know the song. Uh, I'm so surprised that that got voted as number five of the, one of the greatest songs of all, of the last ten years. But there you go. Uh, people obviously love it. Violent Soho covered in Chrome. Just to, I just do not think that belongs in there. Um, but again, that's just personal opinion. Arctic Monkeys, do I want to know? Yeah, okay. The Arctic Monkeys have always always been a huge band. Number two, Gorgia, somebody that I used to know, voted for it, thought it would be up there. Definitely thought it would be up in the top ten at least, and, and probably top five. That got number two, and then number one, the best song as voted by Australia of the last decade. Tamey Parla, the less I know, the better. Fucking boom. And I think they got three or four songs uh, in the whole countdown as well. So really impressed by that, man. I had a great listen today and it restored my faith in the Australian music community a little bit to see some of those songs that got in there. We still got it, boys. We still got it. The millennials haven't fucking taken over just yet. Ah. Look, I think it's been a fairly serious podcast going on about all that Shit at the start there. I don't know if I've got anything else to really add to the whole situation. Um, had a great day listening to music today. Um, throughout the week, there's been some good music on with the hottest 200 to 100 being played as well. Um, yeah, coronavirus is real, legit. Shit's happening. We've talked about it. You know my opinion on it. Going to Bali. I don't know if there's anything else I need to cover. Um, I'm going to work. Hard to get I'm away this weekend and the next weekend I'll do a podcast somewhere in there from Bali. Make sure I get one done this time round. 
Um, I've got Nieppy Day while I'm over there on the Wednesday, so I'll be stuck at the hotel all day, so that'll be a good day to pump out a podcast. So I'll probably do it then. And when I get back, I'll work on getting um, a guest on. I'm looking at getting Sarah Harris on, the um, owner of um, Murakai or Meraki Makeup in town. And there's a few other people I want to get on as well. So, yeah, I need to get some guests happening. Hopefully the weather starts getting better again soon and I'll get more enthused about getting out on my weekend and doing more rather than just hibernating like I have been lately. Because, um, you know, I mean, my, I've been working really, really fucking hard lately at work. Um, it's hot, man. It's really hot, you know, and it comes to the weekends and I kind of just need to rest and relax and the, I get the same vibe from the kids. So haven't been doing a whole lot as of late and I know that that is what happens at the end of a long summer here in Headland. So I'm just doing my best to keep this rolling along and that motivation and that um, yeah, contact with the outside world and guests and, and events around town and all that kind of shit will start flowing again once um, we get out of the April, Easter sort of time period and the weather starts getting better and I start getting really vibey to get outside again and, and do shit. So yeah, appreciate everybody for listening, appreciate your time, shout out to everyone who's who's listening and all the people I've had on the podcast and local businesses and um, yeah man, um, that's about all I've got for this week, episode number 64 of the Average Man Podcast, Down With The Sickness, over and out, see ya.